Hello, and welcome to the Old Soul Archaeology Podcast. My name is Michelle Janae. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Are you ready to dig deep? Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Michelle Janae with Old Soul Archaeology, and today we are on a sojourn with Kevin B. Hall. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, thank you, Michelle. Thrilled to be here, really. Awesome, awesome, as am I to have you. I want to introduce you to our listeners. Kevin B. Hall is a compassionate intuitive, psychic, and empath. Having recently discovered his unique spiritual gifts, he is creating his new reality from the ashes and smoldering embers of life experience and pervasive personal transformation. He possesses an uncanny ability to receive and interpret timely messages of guidance and hope from the angelic realm and thrives on motivating, inspiring, enlightening, and accompanying others on their journey back home to their true, authentic self. He gladly offers one-on-one oracle card readings and one-on-one sessions by request. He also enjoys speaking and sharing personal story and experience. One of his favorite quotes is by Ram Das: We're all just walking each other home. Awesome. That's a, a beautiful sentiment, walking each other home. So you talk about walking home to our authentic self. Can you speak a little more to that, Kevin? Sure. Be happy to. Think in terms of the analogy of the onion with the multiple layers getting to the core of the onion. You see, what I've come to know in my experience and uh, life is the journey back home, and when I say home, home is synonymous with the heart, and I'll explain that in a second, but just as a precursor, the journey back to our authentic, true self is not so much about becoming something, like I have to become this for this job, and I have to become this, you know, it's not about becoming so much as it is unbecoming everything that is not us, and this is why in this journey, to authenticity in our true heart, we feel alone. We like, what happened to my friends? My family doesn't understand me, you know, and it's, it's shocking at first. You're alone and you're thinking everybody's disowned me. No one gets me. The tears come, you know, because the heart just can't hold anymore that love and pain. So it leaks out your eyes and you're just sitting there left holding yourself, wondering what is going on here. And my thing is, welcome to paradise. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> wait, and wait, least, that's not least. really how I imagine paradise. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. I'm absolutely facetious, 110%. But the journey, you know, there's a person I, there's a person I follow. His name's Nicky Hammond, and he's in New Zealand. In study, he was a psychologist. And then he became known later in later years as the professor of happiness. And he talks constantly, nothing more emphatically than making us realize, helping us realize who we truly are. And he also he uses terms like heart knowing and the heart journey, your own lovingness, knowingness. When he says heart knowing, we'll visit this now, the 180 degree journey back to the heart. We're pointing forward often, moving in a given direction. Want to go here, need to go here. When what this journey is really about 
is turning our direction, taking our hand, and coming back and putting it on our heart, and standing on the precipice, staring down into the abyss, if you will, just putting our heart, hand on our heart, and it's like, ah, possibility, there you are. There you are, right here, 180 degrees back to the heart. The unbecoming is basically stripping all the layers of egoic mechanisms, or the ego, like Don Miguel Ruiz refers to in the Four Agreements as the smoky mirror, the, you know, the smoke that keeps us from seeing our genuine self. But it's really just unbecoming all the falsity, all the things that we were taught as we grew and wanted to believe and, you know, by family, institution, uh, religion, politics, education. I mean, all of these, all of these facets of our life shape who we are, but we get to a point where, and I'll give you an example. You're young and you say, you know what? I want to be a firefighter when I grow up. Okay. And maybe I want to be a postal service delivery person. And your parents would say, honey, you're never going to make any money like that. Come on. Let's be real here. You're not going to make a living. You need, you need to be an engineer. Think about being a doctor. So what do we do? Immediately, we start believing the lie based on people who were doing the same thing. Now, God bless them. Not any fault of their own. They were doing the same thing, and they were passing on the sting to us. You need to be somebody. You need to do something to be somebody. Okay? But mom... You're going to go to school to be an engineer. Okay, that's final. So what do we do? We think that's what we need to do. And yeah, okay, it's a good paying job. We study like the devil to, you know, make it through school. And one day, we stop and we say, what am I doing? I hate this. I don't like this. And there's a problem. Because everything that you see in your external world, uh, spouses, cars, Houses, homes, property, all the things in the external world, you're thinking, well, wow, if I don't do this anymore, what's going to happen? I'll be left with nothing. Mm-hmm. Feel that pain for a minute. Then you have your awakening. The smoke in front of the smoky mirror that prevents us from seeing who we truly are dissipates slowly. It eats away. We start to see who we are, and we start to gradually traverse that course. In what, back to Ram Dass's little quote there, we're all just walking each other home. Different points in the journey, unique journeys, but we are simultaneously at those different places heading in the same direction towards the same carrot. And really, that direction is back to the heart, hand on heart, who we truly are in our unabated, unabashed authenticity. And it's tough. When you start feeling that awakening, it's, it's a feeling of loss, confusion. And what I really, really enjoyed most is accompanying people on this journey, walking it with them, metaphorically holding their hand and saying, it's going to be okay. Maybe my experience and my story will help you Prepare yourself. The experience may be different, but some things are a com- of, of a common thread, and that is the feeling of isolation from people you once hung with and knew, family members, 
even boyfriends, girlfriends, or husbands, or wives, and you're, you start feeling alone. And really what that is under the hood, you hear the term, uh, new beginnings are disguised as painful endings. You start thinking to yourself, whoa. And you, you start walking it. Tears come like nothing, profusely, like, like a river. Because you're burning away those layers of things that you were told you needed to be your whole life. The, when we're born, and this is up for debate, but I'll just throw it out there. We don't pick our school. We don't pick our skin color. We don't, we don't pick our gender. We don't, we don't pick our parents. We don't pick the religion we're going to be in. So all these things are predefined and pre-canned right off the bat, you know. And after being born an infant, we start filling up our filters and we start building up the smoky mirror. So back to this illusion that you're talking about, Kevin, I want to talk about how pervasive that is because it, in some ways, especially as we start to see this, as we ourselves come to this realization that this heart place is where we're supposed to be. The idea for me that this veil, this web of illusion and lies is so incredibly strong because really the awakening isn't that difficult. It's quite simple. It's not easy and I think that is because the veil is so, I mean our eyes are just crusted over, aren't they? Right, yes. So, I mean, it seems to me if, if we all just realized that we're all on the same journey and that we're all connected, we could have instantaneous awakening and yet that's not, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen anytime in our future or what the, the psychic timeline of that is, whether it's it's really actually already happened slash happening. But at the same time, this journey that we're on, this journey that you are taking with people. I, I just love that sentiment that you want to accompany people as they as they do this walk home. How do you see yourself assisting when, you know, someone gets a little glimpse, like the curtain rises just a little bit and yet, you know, the very next day it falls and all of these lies and illusions come crashing back down on them and this stage of their life. I mean I sometimes I consider that we're all just method actors. And to get out of whatever this is we're in, we just need to leave the theater. (laughs) (laughs) And all the world's indeed a stage, and we are merely players. Shakespeare, yes. Yeah, I love that. How do you help someone who is in that space where they're like, no, I can't leave leave the theater. This is what it is. And I, I have to, that phrase just makes me cringe. This is what it, it is what it is, right? It's, it's <laughs> nothing to be done about it. And yet, is there? Is there something to be done about it, Kevin? Well, something to be done about it, to be experienced. Let's, let's back up just a step. Here's a little quote from T.S. Eliot. And what, what this speaks to is that this whole awakening process and the 180 turn to the heart think of our life as just ceasing unceasing ceaseless if you will exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know that place for the first time Mm -hmm. and you ask you ask yourself 
how the hell can we know again or you know how can we go to a place we've already seen maybe even five six times or 20 times however many and know it for the first time because it's seen with a true heartfelt authentic perspective where we're removing the lenses we're removing the distortion we're removing the smoke and in in my role in this and it's new I can't say exactly what all the variables are and I haven't defined them all because everybody's journey is so unique but as I was saying a bit ago I think that there are so many there are at least a few common threads when the awakening happens and there definitely is no handbook from the divine saying here you go start here this is what you're going to expect uh, the beginning when you're stripping away the layers and relationships are ending this is I'm going to say this for me and I'll just ask hey if any anybody recognizes this this is where story sharing from my end sharing my personal experience my existential experience with it the, the trajectory I've been on there'll be some tidbits of commonality with the other people so you know who are wanting to know what this makes no sense and I've seen it we're all awakening at different levels and times humanity is is waking up from this we're seeing the 3d matrix mechanisms that have been playing out like you mentioned on a stage a Hollywood stage <laughs> before us so walking home is just basically saying this is my story I'm gonna share some of the gut-wrenching yet ecstatic full gamut experiences I've had and I want to see if anything resonates with you I'm gonna listen I'm gonna be present for your story I can't solve your problems I may not I cannot take away your pain but perhaps I can shed some light on it by shining my light and saying this is my story that resonates with me let me tell you why I've had that too it's there are just some common things that I notice everyone on this journey everyone I've seen or talked to you know have experienced and they'll say yep that's been me I've been so down and so so out of it that I can't even I don't even want to take another step and there are times like that and we have to remember part of this too it's not about just the one it's about oneness our oneness as a soul collective and as a soul collective uh, you know each of us is healing not only on behalf of our own lineages and generations of trauma and pain and loss and addictions we're healing energy on behalf of the collective is uh, the belief and that can be some days you'll go where in, where did this come from where in the hell did this energy come I don't even know from I don't even know why I'm feeling this it doesn't even make any sense I was happy like an hour ago and as energetic you know as we learn our spiritual gifts and as we get more sensitive we open up the heart is like a door that opens from the inside out you can't like burst your way in it has to open to welcome traveling companions and guests and so walking and accompanying somebody home on the journey is metaphorically holding their hand and saying hey brother hey sister I see you with a capital S I feel you with a capital F and this is a heart venture this is not a mind or egoic construct based journey this is a heart venture and in the East 
the teachers that came from these, the East already knew how to do this a lot better. I'll just add this as a quick uh, adjunct. In the West, obviously, we have the Greeks and the Romans, you know, that forged us into, you know, our, our medical knowledge, scientific, architecture, engineering, you know, philosophy. We're thinkers. So we've learned to cognitively navigate these, these roads and learning to do the heart venture, dropping two feet south to the heart. Of course, there's the 180 turn back to it, but dropping two feet from the head to the heart is the other part of this. And that's challenging. How the hell do we feel from and think from our heart knowing when we've been relying on ego to survive? Yeah, very good point. I'm just kind of drinking this all in, but it reminds me of something that came to me. You know, in, in the world we live in, in the 3D world, we are governed by five ordinary senses. Yes. And yet we, we deny, we ignore, we even ridicule any non-ordinary senses and and yet they're they're quite ordinary in the manner of speaking that everyone has them they are just turned off kind of like a radio so we've all become cd players with someone else's music but we've turned off the radio that's picking up the signals of our own heart signals you know to use your terminology very good point i would i would i concur <laughs> and uh, I can tell you, this guy sitting here talking to you, 23 years in technology field. Now I do card readings through Angel Oracle for people and pass on messages of healing and hope. And the, the way this all started was it was a feeling. My heart was screaming at me, but I wasn't listening. And that's mm -hmm. part of this transformation slash transmutation process too it's like once something has gone through transmutation it's forever changed it's like a butterfly flying away can't say wait a minute i really enjoyed it as a caterpillar <laughs> you're so not going go back, back. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry and my my process too i started feeling one of the, you were mentioning the five clairs the clairsentient aspect of that the, the deep feel i started feeling you know, and getting responses to questions I would ask and call it your higher selves. There are those who would call it several things, but really I've come down to the, the fact where when I feel I have the ability to get answers from the angelic realm. I know that sounds mm -hmm. crazy, but work with me. It's something where I've given people very, it's very accurate information because it's not me. I'm a hollow reed. I'm calling in the angels, our guardians, and I'm basically saying, just simply show us from spirit, from our guidance team, the information we most need to know, hear, see, feel. And so it is for the highest good of all. So we'll do that, but there's also, you'll find that in the cards, there's a, common out, there's a common thread that runs through them. There's a theme. And so without going too much further into this, I'll just say you're, you're talking to somebody who's been from, through some ground-up pervasive transformation and transmutation. I didn't expect to have these gifts. I didn't expect to do them. But in 2016, I'm sorry, yeah, 2016, I started going to one of those places where you meet people. It's a healing house. 
kind of a healing center where they offer a number of healing modalities. And I just wanted to explore. I wanted to play and see, do I have any? I had been through a divorce a few years before and got out on my own and started learning about myself and, you know, doing shadow work and family constellation and a number of healing modalities to, you know, get to the core of the destruction and the things in me that needed to be danced with from the dark side, you know, pull them. And it's about making our, like Carl Jung said, making the dark darkness conscious, not chasing light figures, but mm -hmm. making our darkness conscious and being okay with it, saying, I see you. That way it's not such a shock. And so in doing that, started playing with uh, psychic ability, intuitive ability, even mediumship. Let's, let's get to mediumship in just a minute, but I want to ask you a question because this is, I, I think this is really important. Both you and I are come from backgrounds that are very left-brained, and I've yeah. talked to people that have known their whole lives that they have this extraordinary sense, and they've had supportive families, and some have not had supportive families, but I was always into academic and learning and brain knowledge, and you were obviously in IT. It's very left-brain dominant, although you can probably see the spiritual significance of it now with just the Internet and the fact that we can transmit wirelessly and all of, all of those yeah. things. So we can quickly jump out of the 3D model into a 5D model just with that. But what mm -hmm. was that pivotal moment? Who inspired you? Can you remember where you were able to attach to something or detach from something and all of a sudden you said, wait, there's more? I guess in the sense of an experience or a person, how did you open up to your heart? Can you think of that, a pivotal moment that allowed you to explore something that probably prior to that was completely foreign, if not forbidden? Ooh, yeah. Wow. That's a good one. I was standing in the kitchen one day. I asked my, I talk out loud sometimes because it's a way that I hear myself. Mm. I hear what I say auditorily because my eyes have some issues with, you know, perception at times. And it's the reason I started with music, learning it by ear before I got into theory because uh, it was so hard for my eyes to track notes on a page. So in the kitchen one day, I'm saying, I'm asking some questions. Prior to my dad's passing in March of, uh, March of 2019, over about a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. almost, uh, I was just standing in the kitchen asking myself some questions, and I started feeling answers to the questions because I was asking them in such a way that I was really just asking my guidance. You know, what should I do here or... Is this the case? Is this a possibility? I started feeling responses in my abdomen, which is believed to be what they call the seat of the soul or the place of your soul in your navel. I felt a tightening. I felt no felt very differently than yes. And I thought, wait a minute, is somebody listening to me? And this is where I could be, this is where I could be uh, thrown into a locked room, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> With, with, with or without pads. <laughs> um, I started feeling answers. And I would be able to get direct contact. And I'd say, so who's listening to me here? What is this? And down the road, a little time passed with that. And I realized it was my guardian angel. So at the time you're asking these questions, you 
don't in your mind realize that you're asking something higher than your your ego you're just talking to yourself right I knew I had been reading angel numbers I had I had been doing angel communication and I, I had a you know <laughs> coincidentally had a drive to figure out angel numbers and you know develop a way to interpret them you know clocks license plates other synchronicities is the bigger term but because there are more than just angel numbers for uh, for that purpose but angel numbers and the number combinations I started reading those and just looking at what this could mean got got pretty good and I kept seeing them and seeing them so I knew I had some kind of contact but I, I really didn't fully understand it at that point but when I started getting direct answers that was a gift I hadn't had before because mm -hmm. I've many times I've asked questions out loud and did not have a response to them so something or someone was responding to me and so I realized in time and got clarification and I speak daily I speak with the angelic realm daily it's all the time I'm always communicating when I'm driving a car I have a conversation I see nines I see fives twos I'll see uh, answers to my questions I'll say show me a sign of this you know and I'll be a car will pass me with the numbers on it and I'll say thank you you know and nine 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 being emphasized three times the last countable digit for example it has to do with endings or completion of a cycle in your life endings or completions and it also can mean light working like it, you're being called to stand up and do light working duty so to speak and it can be the law of uh, spirit universal spiritual laws it has a number of different things it could mean but I'm just I'll use the numbers uh, the significance of 999 is being endings conclusions when I know knew my dad was dying it, I was tipped off by being given those numbers hmm. something in your life is ending coming to completion or ending and he had he had gone sure enough I thought okay I don't know how but then he went into the hospital and was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer that he didn't know he had they had never found it in three weeks three and a half weeks after that he was dead in hospice Wow. Wow. So I've been guided through many phases of my life with this guardian angel. And uh, it's been very helpful because being alone, which I live alone, and I'm by myself, when I got the audible and the feeling, the sentient responses to that, I thought I'm going crazy. I'm losing it. You know, this, this can't be. And, but it kept happening. I would ask it's for like advice. It's like now all your, now your, guides, your were guides were embodied. Yeah, yeah. So when you asked about what was the pivotal moment or what aspect was pivotal and opened my eyes a little bit further for this, I have complete, I may not like what I hear, but I know that what I hear is always for my highest good. And what I give to other people, it's the same, it's the same deal. And with mediumship, I'll just say one quick thing on it. I won't go into the whole aspect of it, but uh, I'm not an expert in that field, but uh, I practiced it once at this place. Um, the facilitator said, okay, I want you to try to tune in. So we did our tuning in and I got something. She was asking about or teaching us how to intuit and how to feel from the, from the beyond, from somebody who's passed on. 
And I thought, okay, why am I getting this? I started getting the notion or the thought of pie and ice cream. <laughs> and I thought, okay, <laughs> maybe I'm just hungry, right? This, this is probably a load of, load of uh, horse apples. Um, <laughs> but the other thing that happened next, she, she said, no. She goes, that's my grandma. My grandma always gave me pie and ice cream. And she's standing right beside you. And talk about having a fork in the light socket moment. I kind of <laughs> went, whoa. So I learned at that same center I was talking about where I went to learn about my intuit, practice my intuition, my card reading. I realized I had these gifts and I had no notion of any of that just a year before. So let me, let me back up just a little bit again because at, in asking you about a pivotal moment, you talk about this moment when you're talking to yourself in the kitchen and you realize that you have this embodied sense of knowing. But prior to that, you had been working with angel numbers and angel. Was there a period of, in your life where you didn't have any of this connection? I mean, what brought you to angel numbers and, and higher readings, even when it was outside of yourself? Because you've, you've obviously, it's almost like I see you, maybe you went through a period of time and you start walking into the dark forest and things start appearing to you in different ways. So I'm wondering what that point in your life was that made you go into the forest, <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, it, when I started seeing the angel numbers, when I started learning and using cards for the first time, I didn't fully, you know, I knew they were believed to be divinely inspired, so I started doing that. But the, what really took me on a journey, truthfully, the, the angel numbers, seeing the combinations and the repeated digits, I was obsessed with it. And I had a book, or, you know, this one website that is actually pretty good. It's a good reference. And I would always go, even at work, <laughs> on my computer when I was in uh, the database world, I kept my page up for angel numbers as I saw them throughout the day. Because I, you know, I'd go and I'd reference them, and that that is what took me into down a tunnel. It took me, mm. it diverted my journey and said, okay, for some reason I just was interested in it, and I became really interested in what I, I read every number combination, even if it wasn't an actual angelic message. I was still <laughs> just, I was thrilled. Yeah, a cool obsession so, it sounds like, but obviously a rabbit hole that has served you well. Yeah, and the feeling, the sense as you as you awaken, or as I've awakened, as one awakens, your heart center opens. It's like a big cavity, and you get less and less your psychic ability, gift wise, spiritual gift wise. The psychic ability increases. Your ability to um, see beyond the veil, the smoke and the mirrors, to stand back, and to have a heart of love for all people and looking at looking at them as souls just of light and love just walking their journey that they're here to walk you you look beyond the faults and the blaming you know even your parents even things that were horrible you just basically understand that it's one of those things where how do i say it louise hay says this we're all victims of victims and yeah. so our parents were doing what they knew with the consciousness they had. 
So I could I could look and say how horrible is that and hold that resentment forever. But as I've awakened, my heart center is open. I forgive them and I actually have compassion. So that's a big indicator of the awakening too. As you start seeing people as souls walking their journey and you stop the blame game and you start having the empathy and the compassion for, wow, that person must be hurting. That person's really hurting. Even if they bark at you or snap at you, you tend to, you start to realize it's not about you. You know, the triggering and the mirroring that goes on when somebody else is triggered, and they're like, how dare you show me something in myself that I don't want to see? There's that smoky mirror clearing. How dare you show me that? It hurts. Damn you. <laughs> yeah, it takes us back to the four agreements, doesn't it? Take nothing personal. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, right. Don't take anything personally because it's not. It really is not. Well, that's a practice, too. It is a practice. And an ongoing practice. And it, the rabbit hole goes deeper. Uh, but here's the, here's the biggest factor in in welcoming this, and this is uh, this is Joseph Campbell, but it's what I'm tr what I want to say so so much to you and to everybody. We must be willing to get rid of the life we plant, so as to have the life that is waiting for us. And it's like um, sometimes things don't turn out anything like we had wanted them to turn out, but being open to all steps of the journey and the way that life wants to express itself through us at any given point is paramount. It really is. I can't emphasize that enough. And sometimes it hurts. You know, you have a job and you're wondering, why would God do this to me and put me in this crappy job? It's terrible. I hate it. Chances are there's a hidden treasure in that. It's Everything is ephemeral. Everything passes. Nothing is permanent. So you, knowing safely that you're going to be okay your needs are going to be met god as you know or understand god will never let us down i mean we're always held and cradled within the arms of the divine so even though something's painful beyond compare i mean it's always for our highest good and you just trust it you have this sense of trust in your path that even when you think you've gone completely off of it you're still actually on it. Yeah, it reminds me of that phrase that everything happens for a reason, and I can understand how someone in the, the throes of grief from something that they hadn't planned and something that in, right. in our terms here on Earth seemed very tragic, how they could say, how can you even think that? How can you make light of this situation and... Um, some now would call it that we have a new label uh, among all of our many unfortunate labels that people call spiritual bypassing. And, <laughs> and yet, if, if they could bypass the physical, if we could bypass 3D and get to the 5D, the heart space, wow. I, I, I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. So, but we live in a world where the spiritual is bypassed constantly because we live with the five physical senses we live with logic and reason we don't live in in this other dimension where possibility and love and peace actually exist 
Mm. No, and it's, you know, that's really good. I like that. Uh, it makes me, it makes me think of the notion of, um, the, you know, the elevating from 3D matrix to play out to the, and the 3D matrix programs and what paradigms that are crashing about us to the 5D, once again, it's actually really simple. It's, it's living a heart-centered venture versus an ego-centered, an ego-centered or egocentric venture. Ego serves us well. It has served us well in many ways for survival. You know, when you're young and starting out, uh, getting a good job, or going to school, getting a good job, or just finding a trade, finding what you like, and, you know, finding some work, and getting yourself married, and a house, and the kids, and going through all those stages, and survival mechanisms, but the heart venture is really what carries us into those higher dimensions because it's a level of consciousness. It's a level of awareness. There are levels of awareness. Right, really, right. the deeper the joy, and you know this, the deeper the joy, the deeper the compassion, the deeper the love, the higher we ascend. And that's what the ascension or the shift, the golden age, the awakening, it's what they are all pointing to and all suggesting. Right. I want to I want to talk about that um that shift in, in the sense of what is 3D versus what is 5D. And it's something that's kind of been on my mind. And 5D is definitely, we're not talking about 5G uh, cell tower transmissions. We're talking about 5D as in five dimension. We, we live in this, I almost think we still live in a flat, we still live on the flat earth because we, we forget that there are other dimensions, right? So we live on this plane that even though it's 3D in appearance, still is flat compared to what the other dimensions can give us. So then moving on from 3D, we add time. Time is 4D. Yeah. And some people would say that 4, 5, and 6 are elements of time, like 1, 2, and 3 are elements of space. But the fifth dimension is actually where we get into the idea of possibility, and time takes on another form, as in you know, the time before time and all time is time and <laughs> kind of outside of time where yeah, in our yeah. 3D, 4D world, we still see time as very linear. So once we get into 5D, this is heart space. This is where possibilities start to open up and people have explored the possibility in quantum physics of up to, I think, 11 yeah. or 12 dimensions. And I can't speak to all of that, but I've been doing exploratory work on just what is 5D. Because it fascinates me from the perspective of, okay, how do you put this into words? How do you make people in a 3D, 4D world understand what 5D is in, in a sense, a logical sense? Because we still try to, we, we still rely on our brains a lot to make sense of even spiritual things. That's interesting. The, the, different, the different levels of the consciousness of the ascension process there are so many memes I've seen on Facebook and so many good writing on, you know, pieces of writing on this or prose. Basically, with regard to the 5D, think of it as a graduation at different incremental levels upward from ego and mind in 3D, you know, where density is incredibly heavy 
and solid mm-hmm. here on Earth. You know, everything's dense, really, you know, caustic in ways. So we have the 3D play out, the matrix, the hologram we walk through every day. But then, you you know, jumping to 4D and 5D and beyond, uh, really, it's the more love and compassion that you have for yourself and the depth of your heart opening, your heart cavity opening, and your ability to see people as divine souls of light just on their journey doing their best. They're walking their path. Right. Sometimes we collide for a time and we, you know, we walk in sync together. Other times we go different ways and reconnect. But uh, I think it's just higher levels of love and compassion for humanity and for not wanting to, for concern for the earth to the point where you're even, you're looking at how we're wounding the earth or we've wounded it, all of us. You look at, um, and it, Mother Gaia is in need of big healing, which she's doing. So when you see everything as a big, as love and through joy, and what can I do to make a difference, that's where it shifts. And when we're being our true self. Right. Oh, my gosh. This has been an immensely packed. <laughs> I'm sorry if I overshot. <laughs> oh, no. No, this is great. Um, you know, I, I just... I'm absolutely going to have to have you back on the show. I think that um, there's so much more that we could talk about. Really, this That's podcast awesome. is a is a hologram in the sense that we've barely touched the surface. And I think that's the same for our understanding on so many levels of what the 5D world holds for us. So, again, I want to remind everyone that Kevin does offer one-on-one oracle card readings and look for more coming from kevin b hall on 180 degrees to the heart thank you for being with us today kevin hey my absolute pleasure blessings to you and to all listening so be it so be it (laughs) all right this is michelle janae with old soul archaeology thank you for listening You have been listening to Old Soul Archaeology with Michelle Janae. Don't forget to check out www.oldsoularchaeology.com to sign up for my newsletter, read my latest blog post, check out my courses and products, and more. Thank you for your support. Have a great day, and dig deep. See you next time.